0: good. Somebody is. Am I on? Yeah. Alright, I'm so used to hearing myself in my head that it's weird not hearing, you know. Uh, and I got a PowerPoint for you guys. It should be up here shortly. But this morning we're going to go to uh, Hebrews 4, 1 through 13. Um, sorry for all those that bring your message Bible. I actually read out of the uh, New Living generally, so that's where I'm going to be teaching out of. So you're welcome to follow along on uh On here, we're going to be speaking about God's rest today. All right. Well, first, just like Pastor Dean, we're going to read the Word of God so everybody will stand up. We're reading the Word of God, not the newspaper, right? All right. Uh, Starting in verse 1. God's promise of entering his rest still stands. So we ought to tremble with fear that some of you might fail to experience it. For this good news that God has prepared uh, this rest has been announced to us just as it was to them. But it did them no good because they didn't share the faith of those who listened to God. For only we who believe can enter his rest. As for the others, God said, In my anger I took an oath. They will never enter my place of rest. Even though his rest has been... Uh, ready since the wor- since he made the world. We know this. We know it is ready because of the place in Scripture where it mentions on the seventh day. On the seventh day, God rested from his work. But in other, uh but in the other passage, God said, "They will never enter my place of rest." So God's rest is there for people to enter, but those who heard or who first heard this good news failed to enter because they disobeyed God. So God let or God said another time for entering his rest, and the time is today. God announces through David much later in the world in the word already quoted. Today, when you hear my voice, don't harden your hearts. Now, if Joshua had succeeded in giving them this rest, God would not have spoken about another day still to come. So there is a special rest still waiting for the people of God. For all those who have entered into God's rest have rested from their labors just as God did after creating the world. So let's do our best to enter his rest. But if we disobey God as the people of Israel did, we will fail. For the word of God is alive and powerful, and sharper than the, than the sharpest two-edged sword. Cutting between soul and spirit, between bone and, or between marrow, joint and marrow, it exposes our innermost desires. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes, and he is the one to whom we are accountable. Lord God, we thank you for your word. We ask that you open our eyes, open our minds, open our hearts, Lord God. Prepare us for, your, for what you have for us today, Lord God. Allow us to listen and enjoy your rest today, Lord God. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Sorry, I'm dealing with like a little head cold or something, so don't mind my sniffling a little, uh, or my singing, it might have been a little off this morning, it's a little tougher when you can't hear everything the same. Anyways, let's get into this, God's rest. Um, looking at verse 1, God's promise of entering into his rest still stands, so we ought to tremble and fear that some of you might not experience it, but what is God's rest? Uh, well, God's rest in Scripture has several meanings. Um, first, it's the seventh day of creation. Um, in, a, in our weekly uh, Sabbath, commemorating it, back in Genesis 2.2, says, on the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation, so he rested from all of his work. So that's one of the things that God's rest is. Second, it's the promised land that was spoken to on the Israelites, the land of Canaan. and uh, Deuteronomy eight, one through twelve. Uh, your partner of worship will change, or your pattern of worship will change. Today, all you are doing as you please because you have not yet arrived at the place of rest. The land of the Lord your God is given uh, you as your special possession. But you will soon cross the Jordan and live in the land your Lord God has given you. When He gives you rest from all your enemies. And you're living safely in the land. You must bring everything I command you, your burnt offerings, your sacrifice, your tithe, your offerings, or your your sacrifice offerings, and your offerings to fulfill a vow uh, to the uh, designated place of worship, the place the Lord your God chooses for his name to be honored. You must celebrate there in the presence of the Lord, your God, with your sons and daughters, and all your servants. And remember to include the Levites who are in the town, for they will receive no Uh, Atonement of the land among you. Allotment of the land. Uh, So God promised them a time of rest once they entered into uh, the land that was promised to them. But now we're going to speak of the other ones that actually affect us today. Number three is peace with God now. We can enter a rest at this very moment with God now. Because of our relationship with Christ, once we receive God, we receive rest here on earth. We receive a, a peace that passes all understanding. And then four, our future eternal life with Christ, our everlasting rest, our time of being with God and, and just enjoying, knowing that, that we have done a good work and we have finished well. So those are the, uh, the different areas of rest that we'll look at here. Mainly we'll focus towards the last two here as we go on. Uh, looking at verse 2, For this good news that God has prepared this rest has been announced just as to them, but it did, not, did them no good because they didn't share the faith of those who listened to God. Talking here about the Israelites of Moses, they um, show us problems facing many people in our churches today. They know of Christ. They've heard the word, but they don't know Christ. There's a difference between knowing of him and knowing him. Uh, There is no relationship, and they're lacking the faith that comes with the relationship of God. They need to believe and trust that what they have heard um, and what they already know. Turn that knowledge into faith. Uh, Let's look here at 1 Thessalonians 2.13. It says, Therefore we never stop thanking God that when you receive... His message from us, you didn't think of our words as mere human ideas. You accepted what we said as the very word of God, which of course it is. And the word continues to work in you who believe. Paul said that the word of God will continue to work in believers' lives. Paul knew that God's words weren't just some sermon, but they had changing power. They could affect the lives of everyone that heard them. This Bible is full of real, living power. Its words transform our lives every day all over the world. It can affect you today. It can affect someone that's far away from here today just by hearing the words of God. So what do we need to do? We need to read it. Don't just listen to me speak. Don't just listen to Pastor Dean speak. It's not going to do you enough good. You need to get into it on your own. Just listening to me say something could just go right over your head, may not affect you the same way as what God has for you today if you just get into his word and listen to what he's got for you. And encourage everyone you see, believers and non-believers alike, to read and be changed by the power of the word of God. It has changing power that can affect our lives and make us new. Let's look at verse 3 here. It says, for only we who believe can enter his rest. As for others, God said, in my anger I took an oath, they will never enter my place of rest, even though the rest has been ready since he made the world. Um, so what keeps us from God's rest? We've got a few things here. Um, we'll look through in, this, in Psalms 95. There's a few verses, so we'll skip around here. Verse 2, it says, Let us come to him with thanksgiving, and let us sing song, psalms of praise to him. So an ungrateful heart will keep us from God's rest. We need to thank God for all the blessings, even if that just means another day. Maybe you're not grateful for what today brings, but be grateful you're still alive. We have every, we have many things to be thankful for in this country. Mary Lou gets to see a lot of things that are, you know, a lot worse off than most of us. And so we need to be thankful for it, you know, ungratefulness keeps us from God's rest. It it, it keeps us fighting against the enemy. It keeps us away from the peace that he offers today for those of us that already know the Lord and for those of us that don't know the Lord. If you come to him, you can find that rest and stop fighting and stop being ungrateful. Uh, Verse 6 says, Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. Not worshiping or submitting to God is one way to keep you from his rest. If we are unsubmissive, God cannot bring his rest to us. Today, we need to lay down our lives for God and his will. Today is the day to restore that relationship with God. Today is the day to bow down before him, worship him, and, and thank him because he is almighty. He is powerful. He can do all things for us. Uh, verse 8 says, The Lord said, Do not harden your hearts as Israel did at Meribeth, as they did at uh, Massah. In the wilderness. Hardening our hearts will keep us from God's rest. This is when they just decided that they didn't need God anymore. So they thought they could do it on their own. They hardened their hearts and said, God, we don't need you anymore. We can do this on our own. Excuse me. And then verse 9 says, For there your ancestors tested and tried my patience, even though they saw everything I did. Testing God's patience like a child can prevent you from entering the rest. How many of you know that children like to test your patience? <laughs> all the parents out there? yeah, yeah. I know I only have a, a two and a five-year-old right now, but they've already tested my patience plenty, I think. And I get to enjoy teenage years and all the other stuff. I'm getting thumbs up in the back. Yay! Um, but it's time for some of us to grow up and see the bigger picture of what God has in store for us. Stop living in the past. Stop whining like a little child. It's time for you to grow up. Look at what God has, had, has for you and be thankful. Worship and bow down to him and be ready for what is next. Be excited about what the Lord has for you because he's got amazing things in store for you if you just submit. If you just give him everything you have, he's got some amazing stuff that he's going to do in your life. So don't, don't just try to test him every day. Know that he's got the good stuff for you. Stop pushing him away by testing him and saying, well, you need to do this for me, God. Uh, Lastly, verse 11, it's the same here as what we were looking at, verse 3. It says, so in my anger I took an oath, and they will never enter my place of rest. Don't give God a reason to be angry with you. That's a scary thought. I, I don't ever want God to be angry at me for anything. Because in his anger is when he took an oath. So don't let God be angry with you because of what you're doing, because you're fighting him, because you're hardening your heart and trying to test God. Open up and be willing to submit, bow down and worship him that you might receive the full blessing. The difficulties of today might overshadow God's promise. but Don't doubt that God will fulfill his promise. Because when we go back to our old ways of trying to take care of it ourselves, we always fall short. Only Christ can see us through We don't have the strength to make it on our own. Our rest can begin today because we can have spiritual rest when we trust in Christ uh, to complete His good and perfect work in us. He will cleanse us and prepare us for our eternal rest in God. And that's speaking of here in verse 4. We know it is ready because the scripture says and mentions that on the seventh day, He rested. It is ready. It is prepared for us. Today is the day we can have rest. We can find our rest in Christ today, the rest of God is available for us. Be ready for that. Uh, let's go into verse 5, 6, and 7 we'll look at here together. Don't want to go too fast. Sorry. Let me... um, but verse 5 says, But in the other passages God says, They will never enter my place of rest. So God's rest is there for people to enter, but those who heard, uh, first heard the good news failed to enter because they disobeyed God. And so God set another time for entering his rest. And that time is today. Not tomorrow, but today. God announces through David much later in the words already quoted, today when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. God gave his people a chance to enter Canaan. But they disobeyed and they, they didn't enter. They got to wander in the wilderness. Are you wandering in a wilderness right now? Are you in your 40 years? Is it a drought in your life right now? Uh, now God offers each one of us the chance to enter the ultimate place of rest. We have been invited to a relationship with Christ. And God is a God of second chances and third chances and fourth chances. God is a loving God. He is one that uh, is always there for us. And I remember a time when I was, uh, I was quite a bit younger. You know, I'm still young, right? Right? Right, Bob? I'm still young. Yeah. Um, I was uh, maybe 13. I was in junior high, I guess. And uh, a friend of mine, we went over to his house, and I had uh, two of my buddies that actually I, I'm excited about. I just found them again on Facebook. I haven't seen them since junior high. And uh, they're twin brothers, and they were my good buddies back when I was younger. But um, we went over to his house, and his parents were gone for a while, and his sister was gone. Everybody was gone for uh, the weekend or whatnot. And his sister's car was out there, so we decided it was going to be fun to go drive around the neighborhood. I didn't actually drive. I, you know, I didn't jump in the seat or anything like that, but I thought it would be a fun idea, and he was all gung-ho about it because he already drove somebody around the other day, and so he wanted to go show off to us, too. I, uh, uh, my friend, that you know, his, his sister's car, he got there, and he had the keys, and he knew exactly where she parked it, and he had it all lined up, and he knew exactly how to get it back in place. But the thing he didn't realize is that his next-door neighbor that was about our age was looking out the window when we drove away and saw us and proceeded to tell his mother, who ended up telling his mother. And then he had to go to everybody's house and tell them what he did. And then my dad answered the door. Um, And I was afraid. I had already, I think I already told my parents because they said, go tell your parents now, but we're coming up to tell them anyways, And, uh, my dad, being a kid that uh, didn't always do right when he was younger, per se. Don knows a little bit about him. <laughs> he knows quite a few stories. He got his own dad's car impounded and, and things like that. So, <laughs> this to him wasn't that big of a deal. So, let's say my dad was uh, a man of second chances here for me because what he told them when they came to the door, oh, boys will be boys and shut the door and let it be. And I was lucky enough to have a dad that been through and been around the block a couple more times than I had with the different cars and did a little bit wrong. Uh, that I was forgiven easily for this. Well, God, just the same way, knows your struggles, and he's been around longer than any of us. He knows the same things you're dealing with. He's one that will forgive you. He's not going to sit there and, and beat you down and give you a lot of time or anything like that. And Just like my dad, boys will be boys. God understands sometimes we're just going to be human. He knows that we have a sinful nature. He knows we're not perfect. And thank God that he knows that because, man, some of us would be having a hard time. Um, but moving on, through, through Christ, we can enter into God's rest. We need to believe in him and what he did, did for us. Put our trust in him, put our lives in his hands. Uh, 2 Corinthians 6, 2 says, uh, For God says, At just the right time I heard you. On the day of salvation I helped you. Indeed, the time is now. Today is the day of salvation. Today is the day of salvation. We are not promised tomorrow. This goes for the unbeliever that God may be putting on your heart right now. They are not promised tomorrow. Tomorrow may be too late for them. So don't waste your day today, even, with just more busy work. Spend it today doing God's work. I know we all want our houses to be clean. We want everything to be in order. We all have plans for later today. But realize that God's got plans for later today, too. God may have somebody that's going to cross your path later today. Don't brush them off. Don't put it off for another day and say, well, I'll talk to them tomorrow about God. I'm too busy today. Let today be the day of salvation. Don't miss an opportunity God gives you to tell another about him. Don't let it pass by today just because of more busy work. The busy work can be still there tomorrow you know what? If tomorrow we're gone, then you don't have to worry about your busy work tomorrow anymore. So let today be an opportunity to change your life. All right, moving on. Verses 8 and 9 say, If Joshua had succeeded in giving them rest, God would not have spoken about another day of rest still to come. So there is a special rest still waiting for the people of God. God, as you can see, wants us to enter his rest. For the Israelites of Moses' time, it was the promised land. For Christians nowadays, it's just a different promised land. It's a peace with God now and an eternal life after this earth. That is our time of rest. Their time of rest was to enter into the promised land. This is our promised land. We are promised a new place, an eternal place of rest. We don't need to wait, uh, though, to enjoy the rest God can give us. We can have it today we can enter in today. Then our next rest at the time uh, we leave this earth just turns into an eternal rest in the place what Christ has prepared for us. Uh, as we look in, in John 1, our 14, 1 through 4, says, Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. These are the words of Jesus. There is more than enough room in my father's home. If this were not so, I would have told you that that I'm or would I have told you that I'm going to. A place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will be able to be with me where I am and you know the way and where I'm going. Ah, this is where our joy comes from about our eternal life because these are the words of Christ speaking to us about the great place He's preparing for us. It's not a little dinky shack. We've got mansions waiting for us in heaven. Praise the Lord, we got places to be after this earth. This is just the time we're going to be passing through. We've got to be excited about our time of rest with God. It's going to be a joyous time. I'm excited about it. I hope you all are. I can tell by your looks on your faces right now. You're all excited. (laughs) We're so excited. All right. Uh, We'll be excited, you know, that I am a little shorter-winded than Pastor Dean, so you're going to get your donuts early today. Oh. Uh did I lose it? Oh, too far. Here we go. Back to verse ten. For all have entered into God's rest have rested from their labors, just as God did after creating the world. Um so right before this year we left to go on vacation, I worked extra hard to make sure that everything I had for the following week was done. And all my stuff was in order. Anything coming up beyond then was done. And I, I knew that it, a time of rest for me and my family was coming. So I didn't want to be bogged down with work while I'm gone. You know, I brought a laptop in case I got stuff going on and I can answer emails and do all that fun stuff. Uh, But I really wanted to enjoy my time off. So I I got ready. I did all my work. I got stuff done farther in advance than I even needed to just so that I might not be bothered. I put right people in place to get things ready. Um, And then Even when you look at uh, kids that are getting ready for summer vacation, they got to do their finals right before they get out, and and finals mean exciting days because time is coming of rest for them, that they get to be out of uh, school. So they put in a little extra work, they finish their uh, their finals, and just like I put in a little extra work, I finish all my work for the next week so I can get out and have a time of rest. Um, It's similar to what Christ has for us. Christians love doing the work God has given us. We do it with passion and enthusiasm, putting all of our strength into it. Uh, But just like our vacation, we look forward to God's rest even more. We need to be excited about that. We need to put passion and enthusiasm in what we're doing now. We need to be excited. You know what? I'm going to get all my work done. I'm going to do everything God has called me to do today because soon the day is coming of eternal rest. The day that we can sit and listen and hear God speak to us. The days that we can worship at the throne and truly be in his presence. Not feel some of his presence, but truly be there and see him. So today, tomorrow, the next weeks, be excited about the work God has got for you because knowing that you're doing the work now means you're coming closer to the time of eternal rest. And today, for those of us who have already sick, Accepted Christ, let us renew our efforts to work harder for God, because we are excited about the end of work. That's con- or the end of our work. We are excited about the rest, because once we enter this rest, we don't ever have a Monday to dread again, right? We don't have to worry about going back to work. Because when I came back, I still had to go back to work. Now, I had a time of rest, but even though on vacation, you know, when you go on vacation, sometimes you need a vacation coming back from it, because you worked too hard. Well, we know we don't ever have to worry about that again. We don't have to even go back to work on Monday. We don't have to be worried about work while we're gone because, you know what, our work will be done. Our time here will be done. Um, as it says in Revelation 14:13, And I heard a voice from heaven saying, write this down. Blessed are those who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the scripture, they will be blessed indeed. For they will rest from their hard work, for their good deeds will follow them. Well, amen, that our hard work and our good deeds is going to follow us. We're going to have amazing places to be. We're going to be crowned with gold. We're going to be kings and queens up there and helping serve with our Lord. And we're going to be in the presence of God, the Almighty. And that's just an exciting place to be. Um, So let's look to verse 11. And it says, so let us do our best to enter that rest. But if we disobey God as the people of Israel did, we will fail. So Jesus provides us rest through faith. So why must we do our best to enter rest? This doesn't mean that we need to go and do good deeds to gain salvation. It's just that God wants us to appreciate and not take for granted the amazing gift of salvation that has been provided for us freely. The offer of salvation requires a commitment. You are grateful for that time off you got from work. Um, And It didn't come freely because you had to work hard to even get to that point a lot of times. So work hard to do what God has called you to do because we are grateful for that freedom. Uh, Moving on. Looking at these last two verses, we've been talking about God's rest, and it almost doesn't seem like these will tie in, but we'll tie them in here with the rest of God because it talks about for the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. Cutting between the soul and spirit, between joint and marrow, it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes. And he is the one to whom we are accountable. God's word being the thing that can cut us apart almost sounds scary. But God, uh, but it is God's way of communicating with us. This is This is God's word to us. It will affect our lives. God's word changes lives. It is not a sword that cuts us down, but it's like a doctor's knife that opens us up and repairs the broken parts. He wants to get inside and fix you and mold you and shape you into what he has called you to be. Uh, God is working on each and every one of us. But just like your doctor, if you don't go to him, uh, you'll never have his help to fix you. So if you don't go to Christ, if you don't get into his word, that he can cut you open and get into you and, and, and start working on you, you're never going to be repaired in any way. And we all need God's help. So why is it that sometimes or so why is it sometimes harder to get people into the word of God than to even go to the doctor? Is it scarier to get into the word of God? Doctors are scary to most people, right? The word of God isn't a scary thing. It's, a, it's something that's going to renew you, going to refresh you, going to repair you. It's going to fix you. It's going to open you up so that you can be made new, made whole. Um, uh, verse 13, it goes on to say, nothing is hidden from God. So he already knows. So there's nothing to be afraid of. But... We do need to look to him and hear from him to be repaired. There's nothing to be afraid of. There's nothing to fear from God. He already knows. We serve such a great God. I mean, even when we think we can hide from him, he's there. He has seen everything we've done, good or bad, and still loves us. We serve a God that still loves us even though he knows what we've done. There's people in your life that might not still love you if they've known what you've done. Some of them would be really disappointed. Some of them may even walk out of your life, but God will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He's always there for you. He still wants us to enter his place of rest. He wants us to be prepared to do his good work so that we can enter it. But while we are here, we have some work to do. Let's be excited. Let's be joyful about what we have to do and to look forward to that eternal rest of God. Let us not dread tomorrow tomorrow but let us be excited about it tomorrow because God has given us a plan, a purpose, a call. God has placed people on your, in your lives and on your mind and on your heart that you are the only person that may ever speak to them about Christ. You may be the only one to ever help them start to learn about the Lord, start to be prepared. Speak the word of God into their lives. Open them up. Let God get in there and start repairing them so that they can affect others, too. And uh, today is the day of rest. Be prepared for peace to come upon you when you speak to others. And be excited about what tomorrow may bring, and be excited about our eternal day of rest. Let's close and pray. Lord God, we thank you for today, Lord. We appreciate everything you've done for us, Lord God. We are so thankful for what your word can do in our lives. We are thankful that you open us up, that you work on us, that you love us so much that even though you've seen everything we've done, you still want to be close to us. You still want to be in our lives, Lord God. And today, if there's anybody in this room that has not received the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Savior, I ask that you just, as everybody's heads closed, eyes bowed, that, or, yeah, that you raise your hand up, that we could pray with you today, because You can be excited, too, about this place of rest God has for you. You just have to be ready, be open to what God has for you. Lift up your hands so that you can enter this place of rest. I pray that God has blessed all of you already, that all of you have already accepted what God has for you, that you're living in peace today, that you're living in his rest. We ask that as we go forth from this place, Lord God, that we affect and change the lives around us, Lord God, that we offer your everlasting rest to everyone around us, Lord God, because we are so excited about what you have for us, Lord God. We are so excited about what's to come, Lord. We ask that our excitement will wear off on others, Lord, that our excitement will be so noticeable by others, Lord God, that they will want to have the same excitement we do about the coming of your rest, Lord God. We pray in the mighty name of Jesus that you bless us and keep us safe from this point, that you give us your rest from here on out. In Jesus' name, amen.